0: You're listening to the Aussie Pasta here on Faith FM. G'day,
1: my name's Lloyd Grollman. I'm the Aussie pastor, and we're coming to you from lockdown Sydney in our northwestern studios. Welcome to the program. Welcome, Hunty. G'day, mate. And we are locked down. We are. Like the lepers of Australia that we are. <laughs> True. We cannot move literally a millimetre. You went to the police this morning to check how much
2: we could work. I did. Didn't work out well. I nearly did got fined um, for going to the police to check. <laughs> <laughs> he gave you a he gave you a very quick uh, turn around, very stern reply.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> and basically, uh, we can work together in our studio yep. if we stay the one point five meters apart. Yep. Yeah, but we just can't go out and do anything. That's right. Yeah, we're yep. locked down as yep. tight as anybody else. But we're glad you're here with us today. I want to say a special good day to one of the great loves of my life. Oh yes, that's Hannah, my twenty three year old daughter, who's in her car and she's travelling from her hospital in Taree to her home in Foster. G'day, Hannah. Hey, Hannah. So glad you... Oh, it's good when you can do that, isn't it, to your own relatives?
2: <laughs> Love that girl. I can hear her turning off from here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Love her very much, and glad you're on board. Make sure, Hannah, you stay for the whole two hours. Mm. Same for our listeners. We want yep. you to stick around too. We've we got a good program today. We do. We've got a story of a guy called Joubert. Yes. Kanji. Gilbert. Yeah, Gilbert in the Aussie, but Gilbert. Gilbert in the French. He's from Mauritius. Yep. Grew up in a village in Mauritius and went on to become uh, one of the church I belong to, the Seventh-day Adventist Church. He went on to become the youth leader for the entire church hunt. He, that means mm. He was looking after how many? Well, the you, entire you, world church. What, 10 million <laughs> Probably. young people or more?
2: Or more, yeah.
1: And his story is an amazing story. I know you're going to find it interesting. We've got two great Bible studies. We're going to talk about the Trinity. Love that subject, man. Uh-huh. That's, that, that's who is God. And we're also going to do a Bible... Well, I'm going to let you wait until the end of the program to find <laughs> out that. Um, but special day. You're going to have a wonderful time together. We're glad you're on board. Just wish you the greatest of blessings. And I hope and pray that as we share with you today that you little, get that you get, a, get a, getting there, auntie, yep. get a little glimpse of Jesus, how beautiful he is, and what a future he has for you.
0: You're listening to The Aussie Pastor, here on Faith FM. Now, hunty, we are live. Yep. We
2: are live, live, live. Yeah, we are. Not even, not even on a delay. No, that's always a if bit we misspeak, we're in trouble. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I won't misspeak, but I'm a little bit worried about you.
1: I've been worried about me for the last twenty episodes. <laughs> I'm only joking. <laughs> He's doing a good job, Hunty, and glad to have him on board. Hey, look, we we do want to hear from you today. We do. So if you've got a comment and or you've got a Bible question, so we're happy to hear a comment from you. We're happy to hear a Bible question and what's more, we're happy to pray for you. Of course. You've
2: got something you want us to pray for, we'll pray for you. We love prayer. Yep. How do they contact us, Hunty? Two ways. You can email us or you can text us. And here are the numbers. To text us or SMS us, 0488 or email is info at com. Now, I know we talked about this before,
1: but remind me because you know how you tell me things and I forget all the time. <laughs> In this modern day and age, do we
2: use the word SMS or text? I think that the two are like a vacuum cleaner and a Hoover. They're they're both usable. They're fine. So people are using the word SMS. I think there's no one. I who... thought it might be just you, your old dinosaur. I don't think anyone would have a, a problem with either. So they do still use the word
1: SMS. I reckon. Okay. Oh well, that jab never went anywhere, did it? <laughs> hey, you been watching the news? Speaking of jabs, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have been watching the news. Yeah, have been. What, did you see the latest ad on television for oh, the gee, jab? It was quite. It was quite
2: arresting. It's a girl. What? How old would she be? 30, 30s. Mid-30s. A, what's she doing? She's running out of life in a hospital bed gasping for air. Yeah, she's lying in bed
1: gasping for air. And the reaction mm. to the ad has been, I wouldn't say it's been positive. It's been pretty hostile. Yep. It's even been hostile from the doctors. I actually don't get that. Because the dive of COVID is a pretty savage experience. In fact, Hunty... Just, we got news this morning My wife's father, my father-in-law He lives in Jakarta And he lives in a, what you'd call a, a mid-range suburb You know, it's not it's not high, it's not low It's, it's mid um, So very middle class for an Indonesian And over the road they've got two friends Over there they really do make friends with their neighbours And these, these people are in their 40s Do you know that this morning This is hot off the press this young man in his 40s, and we can say young when we're, we're in our late 50s. 50s, yeah. Uh, this young man, over the road from my father-in-law, died of COVID-19. Sad. So it's a really, really serious disease. Yeah, we lost one
2: in New South Wales this morning too.
1: Yeah, well, in, in, in Indonesia, they're losing so many people a day, they can't count them. Wow. It's hundreds, it's thousands. In fact, we will never know till Jesus comes how many people have died of COVID. And in Australia, we're taking it pretty light, And you know that because we're arguing over whether to take AstraZeneca Mm. or not, and we're arguing over 0.5 of a death per million people. Over there, they would just love to have the jab to protect them from a virus which is totally out of control. Here in Australia, we're protected. We don't get it. We don't get it. I know we don't get it. I'm watching uh, social media. We don't get it. We don't get the danger. We don't really understand what we face because we have been on this great, big, beautiful island of ours pretty much protected. Do you know how many people went down with AstraZeneca in Britain today?
2: No. 30,000. Went, went down.
1: Went down. Not with AstraZeneca. Sorry. Oh, I misspoke. That's right. Talking about the misspeaking. Funny how that it ha- it happens, yeah. Died of COVID you know how many people? I
2: think they're mostly a vaccinated society too. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. They still are getting it. Even after Only 50%
1: of them are vaccinated. Wow. Yeah. So what? How many did I say? 30,000. Uh, 30,000. 30, uh, 30 people have died. And they're opening up. That's what I mean. We don't get it in Australia. Mm. We just don't get it how savage, how ferocious I mean, this we disease should, is. Well,
2: we should because didn't we lose 500 people in Melbourne last we, year? We've Never lost... Like
1: over 900 since the since the disease began, but I suppose it began. But the reality is that we lose that many to the flu yep, or more yep. every year. Uh,
2: the ad, though, do you think it's too confrontational? Um, Those of you who are old enough to remember back to when AIDS hit this country, there was a TV ad. With the the Grim, Grim Reaper, Reaper bowling down a bowling alley. Oh, very confrontational. And everyone said that was very confrontational, but you know what? It was one of the most successful ads ever in this country. So I actually support it. Yeah, yeah. I, I do too, mate. Mm. We actually agree with each other there. What? Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> actually, we agree with each other a whole lot in real life. <laughs> um I support it too. I I think Aussies need a good um what would you say?
2: A good wake-up call. I Look, I post on my Facebook page pro-vaccination comments because I seem to hear a lot of anti-vaccination comments by a minority. And so I think, come on, Australia, you need to get real about this. So I'm putting my support and my opinion, I say opinion, that's what it is, my support and my opinion behind vaccination. So just remind me, are you vaccinated? I am, and I was actually due to get my second vaccination yesterday which I now wish I had done, but I'm going to wait the, ah, the 12 weeks. Why do you wish you'd done it? Well, because the, the New South Wales health advice now is to bring it to eight weeks.
1: Yeah, but if you do it to eight weeks, it means it's not as potent. We better
2: not talk about this on radio. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: happy at the three months. I've had mine too. I think August 10, I go in for my second one. It'll be exactly three months apart. Apparently, that's when it's at its most powerful. Yes. When it comes to protecting. We're hiding away like we are.
2: Yeah, well, we're doing the the right thing. That's right,
1: yeah. And and I suppose the reality is if you're a Christian, you do have the protection of the Lord, but we shouldn't be presumptive with that, should we? That's right. We we need to recognise that God's given us means of protecting. You know, I've been telling my church members, and I say this very carefully, because I think when it comes to vaccination, it truly is a choice, isn't it? Yes. You choose. That's right. Uh, Someone said to me not so long ago, actually you were one of them that said this, that... Before COVID nineteen is finished, every single one of us is going to to to, to have a confrontation with this disease. Yep. yep, and we choose whether we're going to encounter it with a vaccine or without one. But we will have that encounter. You still you still think that's what will happen? I do. Yeah. Mm. and, so, and so, so I suppose we decide today whether or not we we want to take the vaccine or not, and we shouldn't. Have a go at each other if, if we're on the other side of that argument. Correct. But for me, I am, I, I'm choosing to take the vaccine. But I reckon there's a, a few ways, and I've been sharing this with my church, on how you can avoid being hurt by COVID-19. Number one is listen to what the authorities are saying to us. If they're asking us to wear a mask, it's not a big deal. Put the mask on. Yep. I remember Naaman, you know, when he had leprosy and he was going off about going into the Jordan River and his soldiers said to him, is it such a big deal to go down (laughs) into the river and literally get baptised? True. And I'm saying to our listeners out there, look, you might not want to wear a mask. I can tell you for a fact, Hunty and I both find them very claustrophobic. Yeah. We don't like them, but is it such a big deal if we love our brothers and sisters to put on the mask? It's not. Uh, so, so listen to what the authorities are saying. Um, by all means, social distance as they're asking us to. Yep. Follow their guidelines, their rules. Yep. Uh, this is not the mark of the beast to obey our authorities, our governors, mm. our our premiers, and our our prime. The ministers. vaccine doesn't contain a
0: chip to track no, you. No,
1: it does not, and it's not prophetic. Other than so, it's not. It, it, it's not Daniel seven. It's not Revelation thirteen. If you know what they're talking about end times, it is end times, but only in the context of Matthew twenty four and Luke twenty one, where Jesus said at the end of time, pandemics will go right around the world. True. Uh, another thing you can do, so listen to the to the gov- government. Another thing you can do is keep healthy. Yes. You're trying to do that, hunty, and so yeah, am expertly. I. We're out riding. Yep. We've changed our diet. We're, yep. Are we losing weight? Uh, not the last it's, couple it's of the days. Plan, but... <laughs> I had a very bad weekend, mate. <laughs> I had a bad last week or two. <laughs> hmm. um, but keep healthy, exercise,
2: yep. and take the jab. Yeah, listen to the medical advice. Listen to the scientists. Mm and the medical professionals who are recommending it, who have also taken it. Yeah, that's right. And the other thing is stay close to Jesus
1: because whether you take the jab or not, I think you are going to have to be in these end times where the signs tell us soon we will see Jesus. We're going to have to be close to our Lord Jesus Christ.
0: You're listening to The Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Hey Hunty Yeah mate I wonder whether they'll get into
2: trouble for that segment <laughs> Of course No good goes unpunished
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think I want to just remind our listeners We're yeah. not telling you you have to take That's the right. jab. We're encouraging, we're encouraging you, encouraging you. It. We right. respect you in the end
2: Whichever way you and choose And we don't speak for Faith FM
1: <laughs> No We speak for Andrew, Andrew Hunt That's and Lloyd right. Grollman That's it um, uh, This is a beautiful song Yep It's by a quartet called the Emanuel Quartet and it is a song that resonates in my heart. I want to be like my Lord. There was
3: a man, they called him Jesus, walked the shores of Galilee. He healed the sick and calmed the waters, made the blind able to see. He raised the dead and cleansed the leper set men free, but best of all, he went to Calvary, but and died I for you like and me. I want to walk, walk like Jesus, I want to talk. talk like Jesus, I want, to be I want to be just like my Lord, just like my Lord. To help my neighbor, born him. Lay I want my life to spread His word. I want to sing. I want to shout. To heal the world. I want to tell the world about His love. I want to walk like Jesus. I want to talk like Jesus. I want to be just like my Lord. I wish that I could have been with Him when He said down on the sea, and heard him say to Simon Peter, Come my son and follow me, Well, soon the dawn will break around us, and his face we shall behold, oh what a time we'll have together, shouting down the streets of gold walk like Jesus, I want to talk like Jesus. I want to be, I want to be, just like my Lord, just like my Lord. I want to help, help my neighbor, my man. Him I want to spread, I want my his, word. To spread his word. Sings. I want to sing, I want to shout, to heal the world, I want to tell, I want to tell the world about, about His love, I want to walk. walk like Jesus, I want to talk like Jesus, I want to be, I want to be just like my Lord. Like Jesus, talk like Jesus. I want to be just like my Lord. I want to help my neighbor man. I want to spread His only word. I want to sing, I want to shout to heal the world. I want to tell, I want to tell the world about His love. I want to walk, like Jesus, talk like Jesus. I want to be just like my Lord. I want to walk Walk like Jesus, talk Talk like Jesus. I want to be, I want to be, be. be just
1: like my Lord. I want to welcome a good friend of mine to the show today, Gilbert Kanji. Welcome, Gilbert.
4: Hey, thank you, Lloyd. Pleasure to be with you.
1: I think we go back a fair way, you and I. Uh, we've worked together through the years in different places, and I've always enjoyed your company, and I know you've got a good story, and so I've brought you on today because I'd like you to share us, share with us a little bit about that story. You're not from Australia,
4: correct? Well, uh, born in the island of Seychelles, where my parents were missionaries and actually grew up in the island of Mauritius.
1: Tell us a little bit about your your upbringing in Mauritius and and the Seychelles.
4: Yeah, growing up in Mauritius is yeah, you know, um, uh, the surf, the sea, fish, football, friends. <laughs> but but there was something that that kind of marked my early uh, years in Mauritius because my my dad was a pastor. So I, it's interesting. I, I I'm thinking back now. I don't have long term friends. Uh, for the first, I would say, 16 years of my life because we moved around, as you know, being a part of yourself. Yeah. So in the absence of long-term friendship until I was a teenager. Around.
1: Now, you mentioned football, and I'm guessing you're not talking rugby league.
4: No, no, I'm talking about the real ball, the one that is round, you know, the <laughs> soccer thing.
1: <laughs>
4: do you, do you, did you play soccer, uh, football as a kid? Oh, yes, yes. I mean, actually, you know, I mean, because there's not a lot of opportunities, uh, in terms of affordable opportunities and then every kid can play football. You can pull your, you know, your socks yeah. and your parents up together and you can play anywhere. And so it, it is in a way the dream of every boy growing up, in Mauritius, to kind of make it. And I did, you know, I was very privileged, not because I think I was the, among the best, but I was very fortunate that the coach, my soccer coach in high school was also a coach of one other team playing in top competition. But because of him, I had a chance of actually uh, play top competition and actually travel to represent my country as well. So that, that was pretty cool.
1: Well, you know what? I didn't know that. So you're telling me you represented Mauritius in football?
4: Correct. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I didn't. Did you win or did you lose? Uh, we won. <laughs> wow. What brought your football um, career to an end then?
4: Well, you know, if I say if I say Jesus, it's like that's a weird answer. Yeah, you know, look, uh I, I I I had an experience, a very deep spiritual experience when I was nineteen years of age. Um, yeah, what led to that was a bit of a disappointment in life, in a yeah. way, if I can put it this way. Um, my dad, I love my dad, yes. and I am absolutely confident that I will see him. You know. Um, on the bread day when Jesus comes back again. Yeah. But my dad, though he was a pastor, had some serious personal challenges that he had never resolved. Yes. And so when I was a teenager, when I was fifteen years of age, he lost his ministry. Okay. That turned my life upside down. And I, I you know I was a, I was a bright kid. So I was blessed with a good mind and went to the best high school, uh earned a primary school scholarship and but um, when this Life defining event happened to our family. You know, like one day you're a fastest kid, the next day you're all like a who are you kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know. That mm-hmm. was a shame. There was all kinds of stuff going on mm. and in a, in a deep uh, space of poverty, uh, from fairly, you know, comfortable life. So, um, and, and I became a very rebellious teenager, not because I wanted to, you know, create problem or trouble for anyone, but, it's just I was, I was very sensible, sensitive, I should say, deeply hurt, mm. and I wanted to play tough. I didn't want people to know what was going on inside mm. and uh, being, you know, loud, obnoxious, kind of, uh, teenager. And I lost interest in my schooling, uh, yeah, failed my HSC and wondered what I would do with the rest of my life. But one thing led to another, and I, I realized at the end of the day, I just needed Jesus. You know, at that time I was traveling I had, uh, yeah, picked up a job as a cadet, as a trainee, yeah. uh, office uh, in the in the navy and the merchant navy. But uh, you know, I realized that in spite of my travels, my wealth, and all that kind of stuff, that deep down, I was still this broken kid. So, oh. uh, and I and I prayed to God, and and uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it sounds very simplistic, but God did. Um, come into my life, and I and I went back home, and I continued my soccer. And yes. then one one pastor asked me, you know, he he, he is a real spiritual guy, my like yep. pastor was, and and he asked me the question. He said, "Do you think that your commitment to football or to soccer is consistent with your the new direction that you've taken in life?" I, I dismissed him, you know, yeah, and I'm yeah. saying I don't because I wasn't playing on Sabbath, you see, yeah. yeah. He actually called me pastor on 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 the team. yeah um, at my values, right? But his question, Lloyd, troubled me. yeah. and 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 what happened is that uh, about two months later, I went to my coach to my manager and I resigned from my soccer wow. career. Wow. at the age, uh, at the age of twenty, you know. And, uh, so that was absurd. That was, I mean, they couldn't understand. They said, what is your problem? I said, it's a very personal problem, but I devoted and I was not a pastor, you know, I was a a late youth leader, but God has taken over in my life. And, and, and I was very passionate about the things of God and, uh, yeah, which led me to, uh, to, uh, turn away, um, for, from my soccer aspirations, essentially.
1: Do you, as you reflect back on your life, do you ever regret that and wonder where you might have gone if you'd stayed in soccer, or no regrets?
4: No regrets. But the, my, only, my only regret is, you know, like I said, I was a midfielder naturally, and I wished I had scored a goal. I still dream of that, you
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, I'm, I'm imagining you you're scoring a goal for Mauritius there, not so much. You would have scored goals in, in the lower grades, I'm imagining,
4: Oh yeah, absolutely. But I'm I'm talking about top competition, you know. Yeah. Because I was a team player, I didn't yeah. get the chance to to move forward too much. Yeah. But I still because I, you know, it's like this is my instinct to score goals, but but I never did at that level. So I still think of it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fair enough. Tell us the story, the journey of becoming a pastor and ending up in Australia.
4: Yeah, well, you know, the 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 pastor thing is uh, is a direct result of my. Experience with Jesus and with the Holy Spirit, yep. and I knew that my life had changed. Right, yep. but as a volunteer, a lay youth leader in my local church, um, and the same guy, the same pastor who nudged me and asked me about the soccer, is the same guy who asked me these two questions have defined my life in a big way. So he asked me one time, "Have you ever considered, you know, full time pastoral ministry?" And my immediate response to him was, uh, no, not really. It's not for me. Yeah. I am actually quite fulfilled doing what I'm doing because I was working in the public service. And my passion was, you know, leadership in, you know, of my youth group and stuff. Mm-hmm. We were doing some very adventurous things. Yeah. And I said, I get, I'm very happy doing what I'm doing and serving God at the same time. But I never forgot his question, you yeah. know? Yeah. It, kind of lingered in my mind and the guy had didn't realize that he had planted a seed that was going to redefine me and mm-hmm. my career yeah so at the time i my girlfriend um my girlfriend's uh, family uh, moved to australia but they migrated to australia so the reason to come across to australia was basically because of the girl i i, I followed her it was like a Australia has always been a, a favorite uh, kind of migration destination for Mauritians. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, we prayed about it, of course, and I felt that it would be the right thing to do. So when I came here following my girlfriend, that was 1981, you know, I mean, I was thinking of, uh, you know, this is a, this is an amazing country of opportunities. So, uh, you know, uh, thinking of saving and, and buying a house and having two kids, you know, the yeah, yeah. Australians. Right? <laughs> uh, yes. yeah, but, but, uh, while I was here, I experienced what some people call a holy discontent, if you know what I mean. You yes, know, it's I like, do. yeah, it's like everything was fine, you know, we were doing well together, we had jobs, and we were saving towards the house, and suddenly this thing comes on me, and I, I am saying, I am not I'm not happy, you know, and I'm saying, why am I not happy? And I couldn't work it out, and there was no reason for me to feel that way. And a friend of mine, as uh, it was 1983. He said, um, he said to me, "Hey, you know, I'm studying at Avondale College. Um, you might want to come and check it out sometime." Yeah. I yeah. Said, okay. All right. I will. So on a weekend, he drove Rosemary and I to Avondale, Lloyd. I can't explain that, but the moment his car he drove up the driveway, the college driveway to go to college, yes. something happened in my mind, you know, I get it. it. Like, I get that. It, it was like that's it. That's where you're supposed to be. Yep. It was overwhelming, you know. It was like that was the answer to my discontent, and uh, my wife and I, we we basically um, made the decision. And um 1984, I signed up at college to train for ministry. I, I always say that the best years of my life, uh of my spiritual life, go back to when I was a youth leader in my local church as a volunteer. I, I can tell you, you know, I discovered things, and this whole idea of, of having a relationship with Christ is a life-transforming thing. And I make, Lord, I make a big difference between... Um, I don't know i am going to be careful How I explain this Between religion And spirituality oh, yeah Right yeah. Um, Religion is Is the stuff that You know That you must do You do this You do that And so on and so forth But spirituality Is Is the language of Of God Is the language of The yeah. Holy Spirit like The freedom The freedom that you have In Jesus Of living a different Kind of life You know Yeah, yeah. And sometimes religion can be stifling, but spirituality, and so if I am primarily accountable not to a religious leader or to a religious organization, but I'm accountable to God who saved me and gave me this new freedom that I have found and led me into all kinds of choice. And that, that's what I teach young people.
1: Okay, well, Gilbert's having a break there. I want to remind you that Ask the Aussie Pastors coming up, and Hunty... I know that you know the details. You're our go-to man on this. I do. Give us the details. If you've got any question, any
2: Bible question you like at all that you want to ask me, well, how can they ask it today? The best way is to SMS us or you can email us. Here's the info you need. SMS or text is zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one or you can email us info at aussisiepaster dot com
1: and we would love to hear from you Hunty one of the things I like is that we are getting more emails we through. are
2: we are it 's great
1: yeah it 's a segment that 's taken off, and I can guarantee you this if you Write a question in We will not balk at it If we don't like it We won't hide it We will (laughs) read it out here on radio And we will have a go at answering it And Hunty, you can hold me accountable to that For sure Okay We're going to have a beautiful song now From Casting Crowns Ever heard of Casting Crowns? Yes, yes They're a pretty big group They are But this is an old song Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus With a bit of a twist I think you'll enjoy it This is Casting Crowns Most interesting life because you you, you uh, and I, I know we're we're jumping across here things a bit, but you were the youth leader for uh, the Greater Sydney Conference, which is basically the city of Sydney. Then you became yep. the youth leader for the South Pacific Division, which means for the Adventist Church, you are the youth leader of the uh, South Pacific, and then you become what our church calls the world youth leader, which is an incredible. Privilege. You actually move to the United States and you become you're called by God through the church to be the youth leader for the world church. What was that like, Gilbert?
4: Well, I pause for a moment here before I answer. It's like <laughs> what is that like? You know, it's it's the kind of place that can can where you can thrive or you can essentially Be destroyed. (laughs) It's it's it's. How can I put this? I will tell you one thing though. The the responsibility is huge, right?
5: Yeah.
4: Uh, uh, The responsibility is huge. In your role is not essentially to run programs, but to cast a vision. A vision for youth ministry for the world church and and um, but I would tell you something. It was halfway through my, halfway through my, um assignment in my first five years that I experienced what I would call, you know, convergence. Convergence is when you feel that your calling, your gifts, and the task that's been assigned to do all line up. It was a strange thing, you know, in uh, as stressful and as challenging as it was, I, I had the sense that I was cut for this, I was shaped for this. Yeah, yeah. But all this sounds very good, Lord. All this sounds very good, but you are doing this in the context of doing life, real life, you know? Because yes, yeah. what that meant was my two kids, I had to leave them here, you know? No, I didn't have to leave them here, but they were of age to stay here if yeah. they were, you know, yeah. they could come across with me. And uh, it, it was a very tough season of our lives to start with, to accept that calling yeah. and to go across. And in fact, you know, my, my daughter took years before she came to terms with it. Yeah, and uh, that's part of life. You know, I I, I can say that I lost my relationship with my daughter oh, for a few years. Okay, yes, yes I did. So, and and that's that's stuff. And in the in the process of trying to do your work for the world church, you're dealing with this very personal. Yeah. This very violent thing, and, um, and so, but God gave strength to do it, but it, it's not like everything is fine, everything is, you know, yeah, um, yeah. well, and we, you know, all leaders, whether it's church or other civic response, you do, you do your work in the context of real life, you know, yeah, and we, yeah. we're not sheltered for that, yeah. we deal with stuff
1: yeah.
0: well,
4: you know.
1: How many youth did you look after in the world church? How many Adventist young people were you leading?
4: Yeah, well, you know, I mean, at the time, statistics, were, I mean, uh, there were about 8 million, 8 million young people around the world. Yeah. Wow. And, yeah, divided into 13 regions, the South Pacific being one of them. Yep. And so, so your work is primarily with the leaders of those various regional, um, uh, geographical regions of the world church. And so, Lord, you have an, a great opportunity to shape. Um, and, of course, you know, it depends on your leadership style. We, we don't live in the time of the Old Testament when, like, Moses goes to the mountain, God tells him what to do, and he comes down and he tells people. Now, the Holy Spirit speaks to all of us, right? Yeah. He speaks to those. You know, others speak to me, others speak to the young people. And 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 the fascinating thing of the work was to discern what was God telling us. Yeah. yeah. In which direction did God want us to go. So it's not about if anything my role as a leader is more like a facilitator and to bring out the best of of where we think we should go. And, And and I love that that position. And we did some Amazing initiatives as well, you know, like Global Youth Day. And Tell and us
1: about Global and, Youth Day.
4: Well, Global Youth Day, um, my good friend Andrew Hunt, who is working with you, he knows all about that. I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Global Youth Day is, you know, I was, I was on a flight from Washington to, to uh, South Africa to Johannesburg for a meeting. And I could not sleep, and on that slide I was thinking about how, you know, we are structured as a world church, as a global organization, but sometimes we function in a fragmented way, right? So I am saying to myself, what is there? What is there that we could do to recapture the sense of Uh, that our, our church, our young people are part of a global movement, you know. Mm -hmm. And what is it that we could do to recapture this sense of being in one thing moving forward that we are united in this? And, and, and so uh, this idea came, you know, this idea came about, um, we go to church every Sabbath, we go listen to sermons and it's a good thing. And I said, what if, On one Sabbath of the year, right, instead of going to church, right, we embodied the sermon. That is, instead Mm -hmm. of hearing about the message of Jesus, we became the message of Jesus and reached out and touched the needs of people, right? Mm -hmm. So, And we become the sermon on that particular Sabbath. So, I wrote, you know, I... I, I pulled out my computer and I started writing on that slide to all my 13 regional leaders. And I said, I don't know whether I'm sleeping or whether I'm in vision, but this is what God has put on my heart. I just want to know, you know, what you think about this. And this was one of the rare moments when in 24 hours after I arrived, I got responses from the 13 leaders and they said, this is from God, right?
5: Yeah, yeah.
4: So and and, and global unity was born. And I came to your friend Andrew who's working with you mm. because we have no technology for it. The idea was to um on the one particular twenty four hours, um the whole world would be engaged in those uh reaching out and becoming the hands and the feet of Jesus and there would be a, a hub like a Like a media hub where Australia would be the first time zone and Australia would go live and sharing with the rest of the world what was happening. And then we would move to a different time zone until the end of the day, finish in the U.S. When I came to the media center and I can say, okay, this is, this is what I have. Do you have the facilities, the capabilities, uh, to, um, to do something like that, that for, you know, two or three hours, um, young people in New Zealand and the South Pacific and Papua New Guinea would be involved in activities. They could send us, you know, uh, their clips. We could in- interview them live. Mm-hmm. And the media center said, no, we're not set up for that. Mm-hmm. And somebody said to me, check with Andrew Hunt. So I said, Andrew Hunt? He said, yeah, yeah. You know, he just <laughs> works across the building here. He's a parunga. He works mm-hmm. with Lloyd. Mm-hmm. And I made an appointment with Andrew and I explained to Andrew, And Andrew said, we can do this. And so, Laurie, your church, (laughs) Burunga, became the, the launch for a movement that is now all around the world.
1: Yeah, it is. It's still going, isn't it?
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is that. Events in the annual calendar of youth ministry and global youth ministry.
1: And basically what they do is they just circumnavigate the world and kids are out there doing the work of Jesus, sharing Jesus. And we get to see it live for
4: 24 hours. You you get to see it live. So Australia hosts the first hour. Yeah. uh, Then to Indonesia, they host the second hour to, 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 um, to Korea, to India, to Europe. And so it's like, it's an unbroken chain of, of broadcast. Um, and, uh, you know, I, there are stories I can tell you about this. And, and we were, you know, in South America on Global Youth Day on Facebook. Um, you know, we trend number one and mm-hmm. Facebook actually called us to say, what are you guys doing? You know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> So and and uh yeah, it's it's just like it's an amazing because young people love relevance and give them a sense, a chance of of being involved and being the feet, hands and the feet of Jesus and and that movement has really taken off. I think
2: we had twenty million people watching online that fed first program.
4: Oh, I, yeah, I also yeah.
2: received a call from Facebook saying, "Hey, what are you guys doing? And how did you do it?"
4: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, um, uh, you know, when something comes from God, you know, it, it'll go forward. And I, I'm very grateful to Andrew because the dream could have been killed right here in Sydney. Uh, but while the organization didn't feel they had the capabilities to do it, here is Andrew. And, and, and you know, Lord, this is why I go to Andrew when I have big things to do. <laughs> you know what?
1: <laughs> I have, I, I'll say that I've been working for, with Andrew, I think, for. Uh, 10, 15 years? Yeah, some, more than 10.
4: Way too long. I've never heard <laughs> him once say no. Have you? No. No, no, no. He you think about it, <laughs> he has a can-do attitude. Uh, you know, Lloyd, I'll tell you a secret. I had a conversation with Andrew. I said, Andrew, you know what? You could be earning thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars for the skills that you have if you invested those skills you know, somewhere out there in an organisation, but he told me his story. You know, he's doing what God has put him put on his card to do. So, so he's a real gem.
1: You could go to him with the most outrageous idea <laughs> and he'd still go for it. <laughs> Never say no. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you, you came back to Australia. It's certainly not the end of your story. But what are you doing now, Gilbert?
4: Yeah, well, let me tell you what I'm doing now. I I told you about my daughter, uh, the relationship there. I did five years in the U.S., and then the church asked me to do another five years. I I went to my boss, and I said to him, um, you know, my daughter wrote to me one time, and he said, Dad, I never thought the day would come when you would put your career before your family. That cut me, you know? Yeah, Um, Yeah, yeah, it did. Uh, And so when Even the second, when I was asked to do the second, you know, a second stint of five years, I, uh, I told my boss, I said to the president, I said, I am willing to do this, but I have to do it differently. I need to spend more time with my family, with my kids in Sydney. He said, how do you, how do you want to do this? He said, I said, well, maybe I would need to spend a month at a time based in Sydney and work from here. He says, you the organization, that we 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 would be setting a precedent for this. Mm. He said, "Okay, we'll try for a year." Mm. So I started. I tried, but it didn't work. Yeah. It didn't work, and so I I went to my boss and said, um, "For the sake of my family, for the sake of my kids, because I was staring down the tunnel of time, mm. and I saw myself and my wife coming back here with no meaningful relationship with our kids." Yeah. You know, yeah, and. While I'm traveling the world trying to inspire kids, my own family was was uh, not together. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in uh, 2016, we resigned and we came back to Australia, and which was kind of strange for most of my colleagues. That when they asked me, "What are you planning to do?" I said, "I don't know." He you said, "You're leaving a global position here in leadership when you're known and respected, and you're going to nothing." I said. Well, you know, um, this is something we need to do um, for our family, and so we came back here. I did get called to different states and mm. to, you know, to New Zealand, but but we came back here to be in Sydney, Lloyd, to yeah. be with our kids. And I, I love that. I love you did that. Yeah. So we came to rebuild, and and then uh, Sanitarium Health and Being called me and said, I said what for you know and they they talked to me about this project that they had to create a greater presence for the church a greater spiritual presence in the workplace and um, somehow it caught my imagination and um but I can tell you it's a totally different world yeah, and I'm, yeah. I'm 32 years of work in in kind of mainstream church life I am now doing pastoral work in a business environment. You know, I I I I, I, I had to work out what it looks like to start with. But I can tell you what over the last three and a half years it's been an amazing journey. I mean tough initially. Yeah. Really tough because um yeah, there's the perception that you're coming in the organization, eighty percent of the people on do not share the you know, the faith tradition of the Seventh day Adventist Church and so there was a perception that I was being placed there by the organization to influence people towards our tradition. Yeah, yeah. So I had to, you know, seek God's wisdom as to how to navigate in a way that people saw my contribution as being genuinely to support and to care for the people. And out of that, if there are conversations, if there are uh, things, uh, an interest in spirituality, um, that you know emerges from that, then let the spirit guide, and so we've done I have done youth ministry you know yeah. at term, we do things for family, we do things for kids, we do vacation care, with the kids day out, so it's like we've established the fact that the church cares, that God cares for people, yeah. and that that's probably um what has driven me most with sanitary term, but it's been a fascinating journey
1: you know um. I was saying to Hunty the other day, and I shared it with a few of my leaders at church. You think of our ministries and where we go and what we do, and sometimes the thousands, and for you, the millions of people that you've impacted Mm. through the years. I often conclude, and this is why I really support what you did by coming home, Gilbert. Mm. If I could see through the grace of Jesus, when we go to heaven, my family in the kingdom... I would sense and feel very deeply that my life on this earth had been worthwhile and was fulfilled. If we could just see our own families in a relationship with Jesus and in the kingdom, we've been successful, haven't we? Despite wherever the Lord leads us in ministry, we've been successful.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, and I think that, you know, we we, we check our motives in ministry. Lord. What is it that we are after? Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it, it's about... I mean, when I hear people aspire to positions and stuff, it really breaks my heart yeah. because, um, and, and uh, so, um, really, we're all called to ministry. We're not called to positions. We mm-hmm. find ourselves in positions, mm-hmm. but our first calling is to be spiritual leaders and we can do that wherever God calls us. And our, you and I, we've had, you know, the amazing privileges of, mm. of, at different levels of church. Um, but primarily our calling is to, is to care for the church and to care for people. Mm. And in my case, um, to kind of influence young people towards a, mm. a relationship with Jesus, which I discovered to be, for me, it was life defining. I would, I'll tell you what, I mean, my wildest dreams have become, have come true. Mm. Um, in following following Jesus and so you try to find language to express that but it's been the best thing that I ever did.
1: Final question then you have worked with youth most of your life Um, I've watched you working with young people you have been given a special gift by God to relate to young people for any of our listeners who are young listening what advice would you give them at the beginning of their
0: life?
4: Well, the advice that I would give, probably, proceeds from our own journey, mm. is like, um, you know, I, I, my view is that my view is that nobody one sits under a tree and thinks of God and says that, you know, I'd like to follow Jesus. I think the need to follow Jesus or the need to find something different
5: mm-hmm.
4: generally uh, is 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 kind of triggered by some kind of challenge in life, mm, okay, mm. Um, when we find ourselves uh, in a situation where our human resources, our human capabilities have run out, mm. so I think God's favorite place is the desert to meet people, you know, yeah. <laughs> when we find ourselves at the end of the road, and and life is complicated today. Life is very complex, and mm. and uh, so I would say to any young person, whatever you you're doing there, you know, go at it with everything that you Don't go half baked in anything, any project that you have. Give it the best. Be passionate about it. Mm. However, if in the pursuit of life you find yourself stuck, um it could well be that it's a crossroad that you find yourself, a necessary crossroad where you might want to turn and and look for, is there anybody else out there kind of thing, you know, because God loves meeting us at the crossroads of life. So for any Mm -hmm. young person uh, listening here today, I don't know what your circumstances are, but if you feel stuck, If you're facing something that you don't feel you have the answer for, there is a way out and, you know, God is under your prayer away.
1: Thank you. Wonderful advice and it's great to talk to you, Gilbert. I know your life, the journey is not complete and there's still adventures around the corner, but thank you for giving us some time today and really showing us what God can do with a small boy from Mauritius who grew up and gave his heart to Jesus and took you on an adventure that I guess uh, you'll forever be grateful for. So thank you.
4: Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Laurie. Thank you for your time. God,
0: God bless. You, You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM.
1: I know Gilbert supports England in the soccer football. Yeah. <laughs> well, I meant to stir him up about that. should have. Because... Um, I guess I was... Who are you cheering for on the EU? Of course, England. Because you are a POM, aren't you? Well, I descend from POMs. Well, your
2: dad's English. I was born your here. Your mum's English. I was born here in Sydney and I'm proud of it. Yeah, but you have an English passport. I do. No, no, I don't. But well, I, you, you I did. Could, I could get one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so, yeah.
1: oh, that would have been a disappointing time for you to watch the English go down to the Italians. I
2: I did watch it live, but it was a disgrace. <laughs> okay On a number of fronts
1: oh, okay He'll be He's still
2: going on about the Italians diving That's from the I think both teams didn't deserve to be in the competition at the end there They were both cheats You mean they are diving all over the ground? The English dived to get into the the final And so did the Italians So
1: um You'd struggle with the New South Wales State of Origin team, which are diving all the time. There's, these guys are... Oh, no, the New South Wales State of Origin team, they're legends. They're fakers. Oh, no, they're the real deal. <laughs> Come on, hearty. No one dives more than New South Wales. <laughs> You're used to it. So I thought <laughs> oh, you would no, have no, they, had no problems England. These are honest men. <laughs>
5: uh, Outstanding.
1: <look, laughs> I, I could get into trouble on this show today, <laughs> but could. I was I was cheering for anyone but uh, England. Oh. Sorry, mate. Oh. Well, you know, you know what my name is Grollemund. Do you know where that comes from? I do. I do. That's Swiss. Yes. You know what's next door to Switzerland? Italy. They're our next door neighbours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So of course I'm going to go for the Italians. Guard the Pope and all that. Yeah, actually the Swiss football team in this last Euro 20 was pretty hot. They yeah. were, they were playing really, really well. I think they made it to the quarterfinals and could have went further only, uh, Let's say they played the English and the English dived. <laughs> no, they didn't play the English. I made that all up. I'm not sure who they played. They might have done. I, I find actually, to be honest, uh, Hunty, I find watching soccer like watching paint dry.
2: Well, it was the final, so I had to watch the final.
1: You know something, and I've said this to you before, and I say it about the footy and that. It is amazing when you meet Jesus. Yes. How and I was a, you know, you knew me long before I met the Lord. I was a a, a wild child. My mum doesn't like it when I say that, doesn't she? No, she's mm-hmm. got visions of this Past, saintly Gulliver. boy, the Aussie pastor. It's okay, it's okay. <laughs> I, I know mums like to think the best of their their kids, but when I met Jesus, or well, Jesus came after me, because I never met Him. Jesus came after He actually actively came after. That's me. nice. Yeah, it is nice, and he is he he's, he's been pursuing me ever since. Uh, what I mean by that is, he's constantly on my trail, um, encouraging me to walk with him. Um, when when I came to Jesus, I was a sports fanatic. You you know that, aren't you? Yep. I would wa if yep. if it was. I would get up at night and watch the FA Cup. You know what that is? Uh, that's, yes, football, English football, round football. Yes. I'd get up in the middle of the night and watch that. I'd be watching the Grand Prix, both motorcycle and cars. And I was just a football. And I'm talking about the rugby league now. Tragic. Played it, dreamed about playing state of origin myself. Never even got close and was never going there, but you can dream things as your boy, as, as a boy. Yep. But you know, when I met Jesus and I've, I mentioned this on this program before, it's an amazing experience. These things receded in my heart. And my experience in them—they really mind. They receded. it. Yep. They don't matter anymore. Yep. And I'm watching England over there, you know, in, in absolute devastation that they've lost the E, the Euro twenty, and, and I'm thinking it just doesn't matter. There's so much serious stuff going down in the world at the yep. moment. But the least of our worries really is football. Uh, I think it's time for a song, it mate. It is. How about we play this one from Alison Krauss and the Cox family? Hey, I always like to ask you this. Now, I ask Hunty these questions because of all the, of my mates, of all the friends I have, I think this guy knows more musicians and music than anyone. How many, how, just for interest, Hunty, in your Apple song library,
2: how many <laughs> songs have you got? Oh, I, I have to keep it cyclic. So at the moment, I've only got about 10,000 in there. But, <laughs> but have you listened to them all? Oh, yeah. 10,000 songs. Absolutely.
1: Well, have you ever heard of this group, Alison Krauss and the Cox family? I have, yes. Okay, I haven't until I found this song. And it's a beautiful one. It's called Where No One Stands... We know this song, Where No One Stands Alone, but they sing it beautifully.
5: I stood in the night with my head bowed low
3: in the darkness as black as the sea, and my
5: heart was afraid.
1: song my wife is on is it is it spotify is that music yep i've got spotify yeah spotify great but she doesn't pay for it how did she do that oh they've got something she takes ads yeah you gotta listen to the ads and that so if that was on the car and we were driving along and i heard that song what i do is i ask her to replay it now sometimes when you don't pay for it you can't replay it it's so disappointing (laughs) when you come to a song like do you kill songs like i do I can yeah, listen to yeah, that. Yeah, I binge songs. Yeah, yeah, I can listen to that song over yep. and over. Yep. One of the things I like about being the senior pastor at New Hope, our beautiful church which is closed down at the moment, how painful is that, Hunty? Terrible. Have you ever noticed if I lock a song up, at church sometimes
2: oh, yeah, the, the rotation
1: is increased I'll go up to the front No and I'll get them to sing it again <laughs> <laughs> And I could listen to that beautiful song one more time But I, I, I know it's almost impossible Can we I'm not going to ask you to do it But have we got the ability to do that in here? Yeah we do Ah yes. I might remember that when no one stands alone That was really nice The harmonies were beautiful And the words are fantastic as we're going through life, especially things at the market, you know, you know, we think things are tough here in Australia and Sydney, you know, we're the leper colony of Australia, but the reality is we're doing it so easy compared to everybody else, are I think Australia, the only ones better doing doing it better than us, and this is painful to say, isn't it, are the Kiwis. <sighs> Talking about sport, they beat us in the soccer uh, last night, 2 2 nil. What? Yeah, you I know. These are dark times, Hunty. Oh, very, very dark times. <laughs> I want to share with our listeners a little Bible study now. I'm going to do two little Bible studies today, Hunty, on completely different subjects. One is on how you get to heaven, but yep. this one is on the Trinity. I keep going back here and I think I'll go back here from time to time because I know that the Trinity is one of these raging controversies in Christianity, even in Adventism, my church. And it's painful to see because it doesn't have to be. Now, Hunty, do you know, and I'm not going to ask you too harshly on this one, but do you know what, Advent, what the Adventist Church, and let me t- take that a bit further, do you know what the Protestant Church says about the Trinity? Nope. Well, you do, but you just don't want to say on radio, do you? In case you <laughs> get it wrong. I can understand that because there's some confusion on this subject. We believe in one God. Yes. Expressed in three.
2: Individual individuals beings.
1: Who are God the Father. God and the, the Son, Son and the God of the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Together they make up one God. Yep. Apart they are God. Yep. Quite confusing except the best way I can look at it, and this is not real accurate either, is marriage. You know, I, I shared this with before, before when we looked at this subject, where two people come into the church and I stand up the front as the pastor and I say, do you take this person? Do you take that? Yes. And then I now pronounce you husband and wife. Where two, where, where, where you came in as two, you are now Yep, one. One, one family. Yep. Uh, the Bible calls uh, um, our God the Godhead, uses that term uh, a little bit through Scripture, the Godhead. But we believe in one God. So how many gods do we believe in? One. One God Yep. expressed in three individual persons, God the Father, yep. God the Son. you know who God the Son is? Yep, Jesus. And God the Holy Spirit. Yep. Now, one of the things that... I don't know how better to define them, anti-Trinitarians. These are people who don't believe in the Trinity and yet call themselves Christian. So what they would believe in is one God, that would be God the Father. Father. But then they believe Jesus came forth from, mm. from the Father. It wasn't created. Somehow, I don't know, you know, I, I'm probably disrespecting their cause when I say the Father cloned him, but it's something like that. He kind of came forth from the Father. So there was a time when Jesus never existed and the Father gave him as a gift his divinity. Yep. So that's what they believe about Jesus. The Holy Spirit, you know what they believe about the Holy Spirit? He's just the force. He doesn't even really yeah. exist. He is the force yeah. of God. I have no idea really what that means. But so they'll say, yes, we believe in one God, God the Father. Jesus is his son. They, they, they spent a lot of time uh, prioritizing that. Jesus is his son. And he came forth from the Father and was given his divinity. So he is divine by inheritance. I'll say that all along. Now, interesting, the Bible never says that. and I'll show that in just a minute. So they say, you've got God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, divine by inheritance, and then you've got their force, which is Holy Spirit that doesn't think, doesn't speak, uh, is, is not an entity as such. Does that make sense, Auntie? Absolutely. Okay, I want to show you something in the Bible, which I think just, this is very short, but I think it's very interesting. It's punchy and it's important about the Trinity. Exodus 20, we're right at the beginning. Yeah. This is just a bit after the flood. Uh, and this is the Ten Commandments. Uh, so children of Israel have been freed. Good story. You'll read it in the book of Exodus, maybe one million of them, maybe three million. We don't know how many, hunty. Going through the desert from Egypt up north to Israel, it's quite a desert. We were on the edges of it when we were over there Mm. a year or two back, hunty. Yep. Um, And God calls them beneath a mountain called Sinai. And then he calls Moses up onto that mountain He gives him two tablets in stone where he writes down his law with his finger into the stone. Can you imagine that? Mm. God writes in stone mm. with his finger his law. And I want to read the first two to you because they're really important. Actually I'm gonna get you two, Hunty. Sure. Exodus twenty verse three through to verse. 5 I think it is Maybe
2: 6 okay. 3 to yep. 6 And we're reading from what version? NLT, NLT. Go yep, on, mate yep, yep. Okay. You shall have no other gods before me Did You hear that? No other gods before me Yep You shall not make for yourself an idol In the form of anything in the heavens above On the earth below Or in the waters beneath You shall not Bow down to them or worship them.
1: Don't bow down, so no other gods, and then don't. What? Don't bow down. Bow down or worship. Don't worship them. That's why we don't worship. That's why the Protestant, the Protestant, um, cause, the Protestant movement, it's why we don't have images in our church. That's right. Because we take this law of God very seriously. Yep. So don't bow down to other gods and don't
2: worship them. Yep. Go on, Hunty. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers on their children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing loving devotion to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Okay. So
1: basically what I want you to get, there's a whole lot of stuff we could get in there, and I think Mm. we'll come back to that scripture in the not-too-distant future. But what I want you to get out of that scripture, out of that little Bible text, uh, here's Moses. He's on top of the mountain. God's given him these stones, and these laws are written by his hand in these stones. And the first two is this number one, no other gods, just me. I'm only, I'm the only one to be your God. And number two, don't worship mm-hmm. other gods. Get that, Hunty? Yep. So, no other gods, don't, don't, worship don't worship any gods. Now, I want to go back and revise what we learned in a story a few weeks ago. Here's Thomas. Remember this story? Yep. Doubting Thomas. Does not believe that. Jesus has been resurrected, Jesus has died, Thomas is his disciple, Thomas saw him die, he was buried, Jesus is resurrected, wow, Mm. that is, you know, you study the early Christian church, it's the resurrection of Christ that obsessed them, that's what they talk about more than any other subject, did you know that hunty? We serve a risen saviour. They're on fire about that. Paul, Peter, James, John, all of them, that was at the very centre of the cause that they were spreading around the world. This Jesus, this God that we serve, he is alive. He died, but he's been resurrected. He's alive. Thomas didn't believe it. Remember Mm. the story? Mm -hmm. We went through it. Yep. Then Jesus comes to Thomas and he says, Hey, Thomas, imagine Thomas, (laughs) come here, man. Look at these scars in my hand. Yep. Feel a scar in my side. Have a look at my feet. You can see where the nails have pierced my feet. Thomas, it's me. I'm alive. And what was Thomas's
2: reaction? Go, hunty. My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. Okay. What, what did Thomas call him? My Lord and my God. What's he doing there? He's acknowledging that, that he is real. That he's what? Lord and God. God. Yep. He's
1: worshipping him. Yep. Now, Jesus has to be God. Because in Exodus 20, the Bible made it very clear, don't bow down to any other gods. Don't worship anyone but the God of the heavens. That's right. Don't bow down to them. Don't acknowledge any other God. And yet here's Thomas acknowledging acknowledging Jesus as who?
2: Yep, God.
1: God. This is God. He says he sees Jesus. He's overcome. He says, you are my Lord. You are my God. He falls
2: down on his knees. He's worshipping him. Now look at this. What did Jesus say to him? Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Okay. Love
1: that. I love it too. Mm. Jesus is God. Yep. He was not given his divinity. He didn't get it by inheritance. He just is God. Hunty, what are you? You are on a, a palm. You are English. That's <laughs> born here. Me? I am? No, we're saying you're a poem. Oh. You're English, mate. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> no, what are we really? What are you and me? We are? Citizens of Earth. We're Australian Aussies. Mate. We're Australian. That's it. We're born in Australia. We live in Australia. The red dust of the plains of our deserts runs in our veins. True? True. We are Australian. We have not inherited. We have not been given it. We are Australian. Jesus, he is God. Do you get that? Absolutely. Not inherited, not given to him. He just is God, just as you're an Australian, hunty. Yep. He is God. Now, I want to take you to Matthew chapter 2, verse 11. Just go down there. Can you see that, hunty? Matthew, can you get that in your Bible there? Read that to me because I just want to kind of bring this home for a second. They entered the house and saw the child
2: with his mother, Mary.
1: Now, context. This is Jesus, just been born. He's in Bethlehem, and he gets visited by the wise men. How many wise men were there hunting? Three. Four, Actually, we don't know. Whatever. They brought three gifts, and they so on. always three, three. three. They could have
2: yeah. been half a dozen. Who knows? That's right. So what happens? Here's Jesus. He's in the cradle. Yep. What happens? Well, they entered the house. They saw the child, his mother, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They then opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They bowed down and... Worshipped.
1: You can only, according to Exodus 20, you can only worship who? God. God. Thomas calls him Lord and God. The wise men as a baby bow down and what do they do? Worship Worship him. Jesus is God. Now, one more text and then I'll finish this little Bible study. We'll have a song. Yep. uh, Revelation. Revelation, Yeah, Revelation chapter 19 and verse 8. Let me give you context here. John the Apostle, we're doing a series on Revelation. Yeah, we he? are. Where would you yep. go if
2: you wanted to see that series, d- by d- d- and click on the Revelation link. We're having fun, eh? Hey? We are.
1: In fact, I tell you, we're stuck in the middle of this lockdown right now. We're trying to work out yeah. how to do it so it's, right. it's legal and That's we don't right. get into trouble and we're doing the right thing. Yes. Not easy, is it? No. Uh, um, Revelation chapter 19, here's John the Apostle and he's with Gabriel. You know who he is? Yep. The archangel of heaven. This is the head of all the angels. The high, this, he took Lucifer's place. He took Satan's place. Satan used to hold Gabriel's position. Now Gabriel has it. And Gabriel comes to John to explain the vision to him. And John sees this big, huge, powerful, beautiful, glorious angel. And you know what he does? He falls down on his knees to worship him. Yep. Now remember what happened when Thomas fell down on his knees to worship Jesus? What yep. did Jesus say? Because you have seen, seen. you have Now you've got
2: John, another disciple, falls down on his knees to worship this angel. What happens? This is really interesting. Revelation 19 verse 8. I, John, am the one who heard and saw all these things. And when I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said no. Oh, what? Mm. He said no. Yeah. Don't worship me. I am a servant of God just like you and your brothers, the prophets, as well as all who obey what is written in this book. Worship only Only God. God.
1: Don't worship the angel. Worship only only God.
2: God. Jesus
1: is God. And we're going to look at that some more in the next few weeks, but it's really interesting, isn't it? Wow. We know Jesus is God because the Bible testifies from beginning to end that he was worshipped. People would bow down before him. They'll acknowledge him as Lord, Saviour and God And today as we close this little Bible study In this section of our program I want to do the same thing I want to acknowledge that Jesus is God I want to acknowledge that Jesus is Yahweh And he is worthy of
0: all our worship You're listening to the Aussie Pastor Here on Faith FM
1: Hey hunty is it too late to get in a question or a comment or a prayer request? No, no, no.
2: Um, we, we would love them We too. would love it, yep. Plus, um, yeah, we'd love to pray for you. If you have anything on your heart, we would love to, to send them up for you. Yeah, so if you've got a prayer request, if you've got a Bible question, or if you've just got a comment, we would love to hear from you. Uh, Hunty, how we, do, we love your questions because it actually gives us a, a bit of a map to know what to discuss on the program. We'd like to, we'd like to know... What our listeners are interested in.
1: Actually, we've got a lot of questions coming in too today. Yeah, we do, just good. Thank you, listeners. But yes. keep them rolling. And I promise you this: every question that comes in, yep, we will answer. We will. We won't, won't necessarily always answer on the day because we might run out of time. But we, we will, will answer. Yep. Hey, Hunty, yep. one more time. And I, yep. I know we've we kind of breached this before. Broached this before, but are we going to ever open this up to talk back? Is it possible?
2: Of course, it's possible. Yes. Have we got the technology? We have the technology. Do we have the nerve? <laughs> Without a delay, you do. Actually, we, you could go and buy a delay, can't you? Yeah, we could. We could. We could do they cost much? No, no not oh, much at all. So we could get a delay. We could. We're not scared though. We don't need a delay. Hey, oh, let me let me spit the number back out in case people want to send us a, a prayer request or a, or a, a question. Before you do though, the only reason we need a delay is us, not our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> go all on. right. Okay. If you, you want it. to send us a text or an SMS, it's zero four double eight. Double eight zero eight five one, or email us info at aussiepastor dot com.
1: Our listeners will be glad to know that I've now got that phone number down to the first six uh, numbers (laughs) zero four eight 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 eight. Okay, you're (laughs) away. (laughs) Seriously, I got zero four eight 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 down. So (laughs) by the end of this year, I should have it worked out. Hey, let's listen to another beautiful song, Hunty. Um, Abide with me. Matt and I can't even say this guy's name. Minicus. Yep, featuring Clint McCoy. I bet you never heard of those guys. I've heard
2: the song and I've heard those guys. Oh. it's a ripper! In fact, I was in a band that covered this song.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Beautiful music. Abide with me. I reckon in these last days, if there's one thing we want above all else, it's for Jesus in these troubled times to abide with us. Because if He abides with us, yep, we are okay.
6: Abide with me, fast falls the even time. The darkness deepens, Lord, with me, abide When other helpers fail, comforts me. Help of the helpless, Lord, abide with me Swift to its close ebbs out life's little day Earth's joys grow dim, its glories pass away Change and decay and all around I see O oh, thou who changest not, abide with me I need Thy presence every passing hour. What but Thy grace can foil the tempter's power? Who like Thyself my guidance take in me? Through cloud and sunshine, Lord, bind with me. Sting where great victory I triumph still if thou with me
1: I triumph still if thou with me not a bad song Hunty Ripper Yeah I like that mm-hmm. one I see Ozzy pastor man we got a we got a whole lot of questions coming in today. The questions. A stack yeah, of them. we do. Um and we also got, what, at least one prayer request mm-hmm. and a few comments. So we'll just work through them, and we'll we'll, we'll do the prayer request. Uh, we'll pray for the prayer request at the end of this segment. Nice. Ask the Aussie Pass. I can say to you, honestly, I have not gone through most of these
2: questions, so <laughs> we're on a wing of the prayer. Okay. Let's go, mate. All right, Lloyd and Hunty, why do Sunday worshippers say about that scripture? What do Sunday worshippers have to say about that scripture? To have the whole world but lose your soul. They say it's their immortal soul. Kind regards, Dave. Oh, look, that's a good question, Dave,
1: from Perth. Um, They say it basically because there is a heresy in Christianity and even in Protestantism, the movement that Adventism belongs to, but we don't share this heresy, that the soul is immortal. In other words, that the soul... Once you're born, goes on for eternity, even after death. But it doesn't. The Bible's very clear. Shall I give you some text, Hunty? Yep. Now, I'm going cold on this, too. But I can prove to you that the Bible's very clear, and I'm looking it up online. Let's hope you're into that. Works, mate. (laughs) Ecclesia, I'll just, I'll just do three texts found in Ecclesiastes, chapter nine. If you've got your Bibles at home, you can even follow along with me on this. You know,
2: while you do that, yep, I'd like to give a shout out to David's wife. Do you know that David has been married for 35 years to his beautiful wife Tina and they're celebrating right now?
1: Is that the guy that's, that's the guy ask this, ask question his, for yeah, this question? Yeah, ask this question. Yeah. Congratulations. How many years? 35. Oh, it's a long time, isn't it? How many yeah. years have you been married? Nearly 20. 20. Nearly. I've been married 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 6. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, but it's been beautiful. Yeah, amen. love being married to Lizzie. She's about as good a girl as you can get on this planet. Listen to this. Talking about the immortal soul, the idea that after you die, you're still alive, you're still conscious. Listen to this. This is the Bible. You ready, mate? Yep. This is Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 5 and 6, and you can check this for yourself later on if you haven't got a Bible. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. They have no further reward and even their name is forgotten. Now listen to this, the dead know nothing. Verse 6, their love, their hatred, their jealousy have all since vanished. Never again will they have a part anything that happens under the sun. They know nothing. And then if you go to verse 10, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For in the realm of the dead where you are going, there is neither working nor planning nor knowledge nor wisdom. Bible's Bible is very clear. The dead know nothing. Nothing. So here's the deal. David, our um, listener, I have no idea why they say it because the Bible doesn't say it. Yep, no evidence. The Bible's very clear that when you die, you die. Mm. You know nothing. It's not the end though because the Bible's very clear that Jesus is going to come back and resurrect us and take us to heaven. So if you die in him, it's not the end. You just sleep. Mm. That's what Jesus uh, In the story of Lazarus
2: Calls death a uh, Sleep Sleep Yep Okay mate Let's yep. go on Okay we've got um, A lovely lady named Alison That sent us a question And I say lovely Because she's called As boys mate Okay she, she says We don't get called <laughs> No She's usually old Men <laughs> She says Hello boys Neil <laughs> Lister Enjoying the show Very much My question What is Grieving the Holy Spirit And also She would like to know If we believe That Solomon At the end Was saved Who's that from? Alison in South Australia. Hi, Alison
1: in South Australia. Happy to have you on board as a listener. Mm. Um, grieving the Holy Spirit, look, I'll give you the short answer, simple answer, and we should do a whole Bible study on this. It's the Holy Spirit who convicts you to follow Jesus, convicts you of sin. Grieving the Holy Spirit just means that you have made a decision in your life that you will no longer listen to him and his convictions and his voice. And I think all of us have grieved the Holy Spirit, Hunty, from time to time. I know I have in my life. But He is patient, and He is uh, very loving, a third person of the Godhead, and He does come back to us over and over and over. There can come a time, though, if you continue to grieve Him, continue to ignore Him, that He He, he won't He won't force you. He He won't He won't make you. You get that, don't you, Hunty? Yes. And there will come a time where He'll just turn sadly away and leave and that, that's when you start not to hear him you lose your conscience and you start to not just participate in the sin but celebrate it even then though he can come back and 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 call you at, a, at particular times but i think we'll do a whole bible study in that but yep. grieving the holy spirit just means you turn your back on him and you're not listening to him and he's yep. grieved he's sad yep. of course in great heartache because yep. he loves you yep. he's invested in your salvation as much as anyone
2: Okay. Looks like David's enjoying your... Uh, Solomon, Solomon. Oh, yeah, the Solomon. We haven't done the Solomon one. Do you think Solomon's going to make it? Yeah, I do. Nice. It's called grace. Yes.
1: What proof have I have? Well, how about the book of Solomon? It seems to me that large sections of the book of uh, um, Song of Solomon, not just Song of Solomon, Proverbs, were written um, after he came back to God because he talks about in certain places how... um, Sin has had such a devastating impact on him, and he talks from experience. So I think there's pretty big evidence that he came back, and the grace of God saved Solomon. Locke is going to save Hunty, and Locke's going
2: to save Lloyd Grollman. Mm. So yeah, I expect to see him in the kingdom through grace. Yep. Okay. Well, <clears throat> looks like um, our mate David has been listening to your Trinity uh, Bible study, and he he now loves the Trinity. Yep. And is just letting us know that. Uh, He's very blessed. Good. Um, it's, it, look, it's, it's, it's really important, Hunty, the Trinity. It is because it is,
1: it, it, the question on the Trinity is is not just theology; is it is who is God? Yep. Who is God? Yep. God is God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit. And if you deny any of them, you you know you're you're a dead man. Yep. yep. Very important that you know who is God. So the study of the Trinity. Don't let people tell you it's not important. It is important. There are very few doctrine. well there are a number of doctrines really that, that you should make a stand on hunting, biblical doctrines. This is definitely one of them. And it's one of those key doctrines yep. that every Protestant movement believes in. Interestingly, the, uh, Rome, the Catholic Church believes, uh, significantly differently than Protestantism on the Trinity. But one thing I can say with a certainty, if you want to know what the Trinity is, study the Bible, the Protestant belief in the Trinity, because that's
2: where you're going to find it. Yep. Okay. Got a prayer request. Well, I'll read it now. Well, can we'll can, pray we, for it can the we come do it, back to it? it? Yeah, yeah. Right. you You know where it is right. there? Um, yeah. yeah. Is this the Aussie Past? I can answer that. Yes. Yeah. It's Pastor <laughs> a, Lord Groland yeah. is the Aussie Past. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, skip. I'll read one. this one okay. if you want a break. Yep. yep. Thanks. Yep.
1: Uh this is from Gwen. and Gwen. She's talking about yeah. the road trip. I think you and you and me were talking about Hunty going up north to uh, the Cape. Actually, that that you know we talked about that a couple of radio. Yeah, yeah, fun that, times ahead. Yeah, that that might not happen, man. <laughs> because as I said, we are the lepers of Australia. Yeah, we're, we're allowed. not allowed outside our borders. That's right. We can't even um, leave Sydney. So she's talking about that um, road trip, and then she gets into the question of. Um, hopefully we'll listen in the next week. I live, I live daily and I'm not sure what line Lord thought you'd be okay Yeah. Okay. Let's move to the next one.
2: <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> Thanks for that yep. comment. Thank you. Yep. Okay. Uh, hello. Happy Sabbath to you, Pastor Lloyd and Pastor Nick. Oh, this person must have heard our program yeah, on a Saturday. Yeah. Listen to a yeah. repeat, maybe. Um, I always love your programs, Pastor Grolly. And please say a big hello to Pastor Nick for me and praise the Lord. Well, Pastor yeah, Nick was on a That's program or two back talking about the Bible. Yeah, good. We love these comments coming we do. We in. Do. It encourages. We do. It means someone's listening. Yep. Hi, Pastor. How's your pastor? Do all Christian denominations have the same biblical view of God's sovereignty or do their views differ?
1: No, no, quite different views on God's sovereignty. Mm. Um, in fact, you'll find even within a single denomination like ours, um, people have different views on the sovereignty of God. I, I, I have my own view that I've discovered from the Bible and I truly believe God. For what it's worth, I believe God is sovereign, are I don't yep. believe he answers to anybody, not yep. even me. He chooses to share aspects of his character about us. There is stuff, I've got to admit to you, that I don't understand in the Bible. I don't get it. But I do acknowledge God is sovereign. Yep. Even when I don't get it, I acknowledge God is sovereign. I've got a friend now, a pastor. In fact, our viewers, you could pray for this little girl. Her name is Imogen. She's got brain cancer. She is the little one-year-old daughter Mm. of a pastor. I was talking to my wife last night, Lord, heal this. We pray for her. Heal this little girl of brain cancer. As yet it hasn't happened, we still pray and hope that God will see it our way and do it. But if he does or he doesn't, I still acknowledge that he is sovereign. There are things that just don't go right in our lives, and when things don't go right, people will turn their backs on God and walk away and say, "Well, if that's God, I want nothing to do with Him. I learned long enough, long, long ago not to do that. I don't see the whole picture. I can't see the whole picture. He mm-hmm. does. He is sovereign and I've learned to trust and to live within that paradigm that God is truly sovereign. Does that
2: make sense, Yep. yep Andrew? Yep. yep yeah. I'm going to shorten this question down because we need yep. to get moving. Um, I've got plenty of time. We don't have to oh, Okay, well, i right, Plenty read time. Hello, Mr. Gollimond. What a pleasure it is to be able to connect this way. I have a question off the cuff. I came across a post recently of SDA members discussing about the false prophet the question of who it might be, etc. there's a question from me. Who do you think this false prophet of the revelation of Jesus Christ might be? I'm open to the idea of individual but also organisation as well. Uh, generally, God bless. John.
1: That's as good a question Thanks, as you'll John. get. and It's almost impossible to answer that in a run sentence here. This is what I will promise you. We're going to go there shortly on cool. this program. Cool. The false prophet embodies an entire system that will stand up against God at the end of time. We'll try to, first of all, seduce people into false worship, and then we'll try to force them. And uh, that just gives you a little bit, hunty, of where we'll go on that. That's mm. enough for today, though.
2: All right, next person would like to know, why is there 40,000 different Christian religions on earth? And um, Satan's very crafty. Mm. And Satan causes spiritual blindness. So the question is, how many Christian religions are there in the world? 40,000, they got that right. Mm. There was about 40,000.
1: And why so many? Well, because we've got this great habit of Christians of reading the Bible and not reading it. Uh-huh. I think there'd be a lot less if we were prepared to read the Bible and accept what the Bible says. But we want to read the Bible and then we want to interpret it how we want it to say. That being said, I think there's always in this world going to be some differences. So there's going to be always uh, uh a little bit of uh a uh, difference in religions because that's just how God created us human beings. And Hunty and I, you know, we have differences. I I know Ford is a much better car than Holden, and he struggles with that. I don't disagree. That's all right. But- we we don't mind, hunty. We know you're a holding man underneath. Uh, we laugh, but the reality is we, we're allowed to have some differences. That's right. Aren't we, that's hunty? Right. We that's even right. have differences at New Hope Church amongst ourselves. Yeah. yeah. I think we, we are tied together, though, by the great truths of Scripture. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and that's important. It's but really why are there so many differences? Look, I've, this, I've often wondered that, but simple answers because people don't read the Bible enough.
2: Uh, What's going on in our world now, and is this pre-warned in the Bible? Yeah, Matthew 24, Luke chapter 21, Jesus in prophecy very
1: clearly shows what the world will be like at the end of time. We're living in that time. All the prophecies seem to indicate that, that we will see Jesus come soon. So, yep, we're living in prophetic times, biblical times, um, apocalyptic times, end times, and the Bible's very clear on it. If you don't uh, and you never have done this, get a Bible Read Matthew chapter twenty-four. Read Luke chapter twenty-one. Remember those two chapters,
2: and then get a newspaper out. It's it's all there. This next question comes from a lot of questions today, yeah. Aren't yeah. From two little seven-year-old girls, and I think I might even know them, Kelly and Phoebe. Yeah, they want to know because they're seven. Where's the best place for seven-year-olds to start reading? No, I know Kelly
1: and Phoebe too. They're girls from our church. Uh huh. Uh huh. We love them. We do. G'day, Callie and Phoebe. Glad G'day. you're listening. Indeed. I reckon either the story of Jesus, so that can be Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Yep. Fantastic stories. Or the story of where the world began, Genesis. Yep. Very I reckon cool. that's where I'd go first off if I were you, Callie, or Phoebe. Probably one of the stories of Jesus, and I'd probably choose
2: Matthew. Mm hmm. Okay. Very good. Okay, this uh, next question is when Jesus healed the leper in Mark Chapter 1, verses 40, why did he, Jesus, tell the man not to tell anyone?
1: Because he wasn't ready to reveal truly who he was. Wow. He was on a mission. He had timing. He knew when he wanted to reveal himself and how he wanted to reveal himself. And he didn't want to be seen as a superstar that was going around just healing people. Jesus wanted people to see him for who he was, not just the healer, but the Messiah of the world. And he wanted to keep people focused on that, not on his power to heal. That makes
2: sense. It does. Yeah. Alrighty. I wonder why. How so are we many... going? How many more here? Uh, uh, this is the second last one. Oh, this has been a long haul, man. It has. Yeah. Um, I often wonder why so many people who followed Moses to the Promised Land were and are continually <laughs> unhappy. Still unhappy today. <laughs> Isn't that a great question?
1: <laughs> Sometimes the unhappiest people in the world are Christians. <laughs> And they are very unhappy at times, the people of Israel You know why? Because they didn't have a relationship with God They did not have a born again, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ You will never be happy Going to church will not make you happy Paying your tithes, giving your offerings, dressing up on the Sabbath or Sunday Whenever you go, that stuff doesn't make you happy You can be the deacon, you can be the elder, it won't make you happy You can be the pastor, it won't make you happy You can be the president or the archbishop Won't make you happy Position, titles, money, houses, holidays, things won't make you happy. Even a beautiful woman, being married to a beautiful woman won't make you happy. The only happiness you're ever going to get comes from being in a genuine, born-again, deep, intimate walk with Jesus because that's how you designed to be. So why weren't they happy? Because they didn't have that walk with Jesus. Why are people in the church today not happy? Because they don't have that walk with Jesus. Mm. It only comes through that relationship. So and then the joy... Of knowing Jesus will make you happy. No matter what happens, you will be happy. That's why, Hunty, I can sit next to the bedside of people who are dying, and they're the happiest people in the world. Yep, because they got Jesus. That's right, they have hope. Yes, they have everything. They got peace. That'll that's what'll make you happy. Okay, Hunty. All right, that's let's why um,
2: let, no, let's go to um let's go to a prayer request now. Ah, so no more questions. Nope. That's it. You haven't shortchanged me. Oh, there's a couple of comments. We'll skip them for now. There's no, there no more questions today. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is from Lorraine. I'm a divorcee who is waiting for my real home. I request you to pray that I stay on the narrow road, which is definitely the hard one, when my own children have decided to treat me as if I am dead. Thank you. Loving Christ to you. Regards, Lorraine. Okay, Lorraine, we feel your pain. Yep. Both
1: Hunty and I have had divorces. Not from each other, praise God. <laughs> Um, it is a very painful time. It is painful, um, and it can lead to deep and hurtful family disruptions. So yep. let's pray for Lorraine. Let's pray. Yeah, Hunter, you want to pray? You don't want? Uh, to? Yeah, no, I'll pray. You want to pray? You
2: want to do it? Yeah, because I'll be praying at the end, so you can pray now. Actually, I'm you? quite emotional. I'll let you pray.
1: Okay, thanks, dear Lord Jesus. I pray for Lorraine. I pray for her situation. Divorce is painful, family separation and bus up. Well, they cause so much hurt. And I pray, Lord, that you'll come into a situation that you'll heal her heart, that you'll give her wisdom as she deals, as she speaks to and communicates with her family. Bless her family too. Soften their hearts to her and bring, Lord, uh, healing to this awful situation. Really, there's nowhere else we can go, Lord, but to you. When we face these times in our lives Thank you for hearing this prayer Bless and be with Lorraine now May she feel your presence Actually feel it in her heart and soul today Is my prayer in your name Jesus Amen Okay I think we got to the end of our What is it? Well done Ask the Aussie 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 pastor pastor. Um, we, We want more questions, more comments, more prayer requests We'll go back to this beautiful little segment
0: next week You're listening to The Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM.
1: Got another song called For You by Josh Gorels. Do you know that every song... That I found, and I found them. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I would get hunty um, choosing the songs. I'm a bit scared of what he'd come up with. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I said we have some differences. We do have differences in music, we ha- don't we, we? have subjective differences by the bucket load. In music especially. Yes. Yeah, but we love each other. <laughs> you um, do. This is a beautiful song for you, and it's sung by Josh Garrels. Mm-hmm.
6: I'm dying to tell
3: you But you can't bear to hear me now In a
7: little while I must move on But I'll send my love to you
6: Separate our oh, love no.
1: Beautiful song mm, Josh Garrels For you Yeah I love that song If uh, I had the time I'd get you to play that one again too Hunty
2: <laughs> We could have a music program That's not going to work is it Now, this, ra- this radio station Has um, got a higher calling
1: Yeah it has mm. So one more little Bible study Real short one Hunty Yep This is a parable Jesus told And it's about a wedding feast That wedding feast Is talking about heaven It's about how you get to heaven We've been talking about How you get To heaven And this is about a wedding feast It's about the bride who is the church But the bridegroom who is Jesus Christ And it's how you get to heaven I'm going to just get you to read it straight through, Hunty Sure I'll haul you up when I'm ready But get going, we don't have a lot of
2: time Go for it
1: Parable Okay, Matthew 22, verse 1 Jesus No,
2: no, no Matthew 22, verse 22 No, 22, verse 1 You're right You're right because if I'm reading it at the wrong place, let me know. No, you're right. Okay. I'm wrong. Okay. That happens often, doesn't it? <laughs> Jesus also told them other parables. He said, The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. The king is God. Yep. The son is Jesus. I'm just
1: going to yep. unpack this a bit Lovely. as we go through. Yep, go.
2: When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited. They all refused to come. The
1: banquet is heaven. His servants are uh, his church, his prophets, um, those he's sent out throughout history to invite people to his kingdom to heaven. But no one wanted to go, all right? And so, that, that has been the story, hasn't it, Hunter, yep. of our world. Yep, no yep, one yep. wants to come. Right. Y- you know what? Um, tomorrow night's State of origin. They'll line up in the thousands for that. Yep. For a silly game. I've got to be careful, but oh, Queensland aren't doing so well, so I can say this. Love that. Silly game, which means nothing. And yet when it comes to an invitation to heaven, no
2: one wants to hear. Am I right, Hunty? Yep. No one. Very few want to hear. That's Go. Right. So he sent other servants to tell them. The feast has been prepared. The bulls and fattened cattle have been killed. And everything is ready. Come to the banquet. Obviously, not a vegetarian banquet, honey. I'm not vegan, no. Right. Come to the banquet. But the guests he had invited ignored them and went their own way one to his farm, another to his business. Well, so
1: they're too busy. Yep. Life, life is too important. I've got no time to think about heaven now. And I reckon a lot of us are like that today. Oh, just too busy. Got to go to work, got to do this, got to do that, got to go and watch the football. Yep. And yet, that invitation is there. It should be the
2: centre of our attention because it's eternal life, but we're just too busy. Go on, honey. Others seized his messengers and insulted them and killed them. Okay, and that's happened throughout history. Absolutely. We've talked about this before, Hattie, yep. how the messengers
1: of yep. God go out to give the story of Jesus, a beautiful story, that Jesus forgives, yep. that his blood has paid the price for your sins. And all you've got to do is accept him as saviour. And the hostility, the ferocious hostility to that throughout the the the, the, the millennia has just been unbelievable. Correct. Okay, go on. Yep.
2: So, the messengers were insulted and killed. The king was furious and he sent out his army to destroy the murderers and burn their town. There has been. God has already dealt with many of these uh, mm. um, powers mm. that have... Hurt his people. Yep. Go on. And he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready, and the guests I invited aren't worthy of the honour. Now go out to the street corners and invite everyone you see. So the servants brought in everyone they could find, good and bad alike, and the banquet hall was filled with guests. So this is heaven. And there's good people hunting? Yep. And there's
1: bad people. Do you get that? Yep. They went out and they invited anybody who would come, good and bad alike. So whether you think you're good or whether you think or know you're bad, this invitation to heaven today on this radio station is for you. Amen. It's for you. Doesn't matter whether you're good or bad, Jesus says, Come. And I'm encouraging you, come. This invitation is for you.
2: Okay, hunty, go on, mate. Okay. All right, so on the phone. Okay, but when the king came in to meet the guests, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. This is how you get to heaven. Friend, he asked, how is it that you are here without wedding clothes? Want to get to heaven? Put on wedding clothes. The man had no reply. Then the king said to his aides, bind his hands and feet and throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. So he never made it to heaven, or he was
1: thrown out in the parable because he didn't have on the wedding clothes. So if you want to go to heaven, here's my answer. What a great Bible study, Hunty. What a ripper. You read it beautifully. You want to get to heaven, wear wedding clothes. Exactly. Wear. Wedding clothes. So what are wedding clothes? We go back to the key text we've been using for the last couple of weeks. What are wedding clothes? Isaiah 61, I'll read it. Cool. Verse 10. I delight, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has arrayed me in a robe of his Righteousness. And here's the wedding. As a bridegroom, bridegroom adorns his head like a priest and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. The wedding clothes are his righteousness. Here's the deal, Hunty. I'm gonna, I'm, I haven't finished visiting this subject because it's so important. You're gonna hear about Absolutely. more of it over the next couple of weeks. Yep. You wanna get to heaven, you get on your knees. You ask Jesus into your heart, you repent of your sins, and you ask him to be your savior. That's easy. The moment you do that, Hunty, the cross that He died on, what happened up there is enacted from you for, for for you. Yep. So what happens is this: Jesus takes your sins, and He took them to the cross. There's a transaction. Yep. When you and I do a business deal together, there's transactions. Yep. If I sell you a car, and you'd never buy a car that I've ever had, but if I do this yep. transaction, money's paid. Yep. Uh, You pay the money, I give you the car. There's a transaction here. You say, Lord, forgive me. You give him your sins. Yep. He gives you his character as a robe. It's not you, it's him, and he puts that robe on you so that when God sees you, he doesn't see you, he sees Jesus' perfect righteousness. (laughs)
3: Cross on a hill long ago Hung one way out guilt without blame and for salvation of souls for the sins of the world. And that's why my savior. Was slain Won't you look to The old rugged cross and see Jesus And confess his name And say, Father, forgive me I'm lost, you'll be found at that old rugged cross. And from that old rugged cross, he was laid in the tomb. Death over him had no claim. For Jesus was raised so that all might be saved. Believe and break, free from sin's chains. To the old rugged. Okay.
1: Cunningham, the old rugged cross, and it is as simple as that. If you want to be saved, if you want to be in heaven, go to Jesus. Get on your knees. Ask him to be your saviour. Give him your sins. Actually, give them to him in prayer, and in return, he will give you his robe of righteousness, and you will have on the wedding garment, and you will be ready for eternity right now. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come before you today. We are sinners. We are in so much need of a saviour. We repent of our sins. We invite you into our hearts. And with joy and in faith, we accept the wedding garment as a gift from you to us that will give us eternity. Thank you, Jesus, is my prayer in your name. Amen. My name is Lloyd Groleman. I'm the Aussie pastor, and I love you. But Jesus, God, he loves you so much more. God bless you.
0: See you next time. Thanks for joining the Aussie Pastor. If you enjoyed today's program and would like to find out more about Jesus, our ministry, always ways to support us, go to findjesus.tv.